definitely, we need to definitely pray for uh, all the Gulf Coast community. Uh, with that storm coming in, I think they're predicting it may come in at a four. And uh, did Dustin did Dustin have to go? Is he already gone? So we need to pray for them. He's going toward that to study that storm, and uh, we need to pray for him. Uh, but it, as the way it's looking, this thing could be bad again. So we need to really remember them in prayer. Remember all those that are in transition. I know there's a lot of them that are evacuating and fleeing. And uh, so we need to pray for Birmingham and Montgomery and different uh, cities that are, that are housing people and uh, pray that God will be with them. Say amen. All right. Also, uh, Florida, too. I think Florida is, is looking at, uh, is it Hannah? Hurricane Hannah, I guess. So, so we need to pray for uh, our families down there. All right. Let's all stand to our feet. Everyone stand to your feet. I know we went a little long this morning in our regular service, but have no fear. I only have two points. Amen. Not that that means anything, but I only got two. All right. Uh, uh, I want you to turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 21. Numbers, chapter 21. As I, I, I tell you, I was in our small group training the other day, and one of my praises uh, when I was thanking God for what God is doing is how he has been speaking to me and being so relevant with what's been going on and how he's been opening my eyes to see uh, things that, that we need and how he has been so specific about things in his scripture and in his uh, giving me what we need. And I, man, I tell you, I appreciate that from the Lord. Say amen. And this is another one of those type messages that as I see and as I, 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 I feel what's going on through our transition time, this is a, a message of encouragement and uh, uh, direction that God has given us here today. So Numbers chapter 21 in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. The Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them in their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormah. And the, they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. In other words, to go around it. They had come to the land of Eden and, and, and requested passage through this area, requested a, a, a way to go through, a shortcut to go through. They said, we won't take none of your food, we won't take none of your water, we won't do anything. If we do, we'll pay for whatever, just let us go through. It was denied, so they had to go through a longer route. They had to go through a more difficult route, a, a, a treacherous route. The Bible says, in the soul of the people was much discouraged. They didn't go the way they thought they was going to be able to. They didn't go the direction they thought was what they should. And the Bible says the soul of the people was much discouraged, be, say this with me, because of the because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord. Against thee pray unto the Lord, 
that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent set upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Let's go back up to verse number five, no, verse number four, please. It says, and the soul of the people, read this with me, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this encouragement. Thank you for this help. God, I pray that it will be just that. I pray that it will be an encouragement, and I pray that it will be a help. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Most of you know, well, all of you know, if you, unless you're a first-time attender, first-time uh, visitor this morning, uh, that in the last six months, last uh, uh, part of this year, we have been going through a transition period, a time of changing, a time uh, uh, of doing things different than they were before. Uh, there is never anything easy about a transition period. There's never anything easy. Uh, whether you're in a church, whether you're in an organization, uh, whether you're in a corporation, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. There's never an easy time during a transition period. Uh, and we have been in that here lately. And, and, and I, I understand, I understand with all my heart that, that, that this is not an easy thing to see. This is not an easy thing to happen. This is not an easy thing to accomplish. This is not something that we just say, woohoo, we're in a transition. That doesn't happen. Matter of fact, it's usually the opposite. It's difficult. It's hard. Uh, sometimes it's very discouraging. And, and we see that in this particular chapter, in this particular chapter, the, the nation of Israel was in a transition period. They were in a transition period. They were going from a place of bondage to a place of blessing. They were going from a place of, come on y'all, stay with me, a place of, to a place of blessing. Now, I want the blessing. How many of y'all want the blessing? I want the favor of God on my life. I want God's goodness in my life. I want all that God has. Man, I want to live in the place of milk and honey. I want to live in the place of victory. I do not want to be in a place of bondage. I don't want to be in a place of defeat. Man, I want all that God has for me. But the only bad thing about that is in order to go from bondage, that place when we were without God, that place before the blood, that place before redemption, that place of bondage and slavery. To, hallelujah. Say amen. I'm telling you, when I was there, it was rough. But I'm glad Jesus came by my way. He seen where I was. He saw my need. And He met and paid my redemption free. And I came out by the blood of the Lamb. I came out by the Passover. I came out of bondage. And God said, I've got a wonderful life for you. I've got blessings for you. I've got goodness for you. But He didn't tell me we'd go through wilderness to get it. I'm not in bondage. I'm set free. But the problem is too many of us are still in the wilderness. I was, I was reading, studying, and trying to get some help. And in this chapter, don't write this down. Just, let me just give it to you. 
I don't write this down. I got two points. Just that's, that's all I want you to write down is them two points. But in this particular chapter, we see something. In the transition period, in the place between bondage of Egypt and the blessing of Canaan, they are in a difficult way. They are in a difficult place. And, and they are in a place that's not comfortable. They're in a place that's not easy. So first we see there is difficulty. Say that with me. There is. Don't write this down. Don't write this down. I just want to share it with you. They're in a place of difficulty. It's hard. It's rough. Now, because of the difficulty, now we see discouragement. How many of y'all have ever been there? You know that old saying, boy, when the, when the, when, when, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. That's a bunch of stuff. Say amen. I just want to run. I want to get it. I just, I said, God, help me. Cow gone, take me away. All these people running around, bless God, I'm a good, and you act like they don't never get discouraged. Please. When things get difficult, it's easy to get discouraged. But then, because of discouragement, there was discord. Those that were discouraged, Found somebody else that was discouraged. Then let me tell you how discouraged I am. Then, Brother Chris, they begin to take it out on their leader. Now, the Bible says they were discouraged because of the... It was the way that was causing discouragement. But they spake against God and Moses and caused discord. And because of the discord, which God hates immensely, there was discipline. And the snakes came out. Y'all know the story. The snakes came out and bit them, fiery serpents. And by the way, what we're doing here, this is not a game. Yesterday was game. Now, I was hollering and screaming just like y'all was. I was rooting them on. I was saying stuff, thunder, and lightning. Bless God, let the skies be clear. Amen. I was. I wanted Alabama to kill Clemson, but that's just me. Say amen. But it's just a game. I, I was able to watch a little bit of Florida, but it's just a game. This is not a game. This is the real deal. This is real life. This is not a community get-together where we come and see, what do you think we need to do? This is God's house. This is God's business. And it's for real. And God takes it for real. So that when that happened, discord brought discipline. But thank God, there is deliverance. I've been disciplined by God. And boy, it... Woo! There is no whipping like the whipping that God can give you. But I'm glad God don't hold a grudge. And they found forgiveness in that whole deal. And God delivered them and, and helped them in that deal. Now, preacher, you trying to, trying to jump on us? No, no. By no means. That's why I'm preaching this part. There was, what was the first thing? There was difficulty. Say that with me. There was 
Now, they're in the transition. Remember that. There was, number one, then the difficulty brought about discouragement. Because of this discouragement, then there was discord. Be careful who you talk to and what you talk about. And especially, be careful who you talk about. Could be a very dangerous thing. Then, because of the discord, there was discipline. But then, thank God, God showed some deliverance. Now, here's the deal. This is the message that God showed me. The Bible says they were much discouraged because of the way. I said, now, Lord, this stuff ain't easy. They're having a hard time with it. I'm having a hard time with it. You know, this is so much different. This is, this is, this is being where no man has gone before, technically. A lot of, a lot of people has gone here before, but not in our movement, if you want to say that. And I said, Lord, what do we do? He said this. He said, there's two things that we're going to have to learn about the way. The way. Two things. What what caused the discouragement? The way. The way. Now, what do we need to learn about the way? What do we need to get in our mind and get in our head about the way that will help us cope with it? Now, number one, there's two things I want you to want you to see in this deal. Number one, the way is directed. The way is directed. Say that with me. The way is... Say it again. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this under that. Uh, Do y'all realize that that whole deal was not Moses' agenda? Moses was minding his own business. He was on the side, on the backside of the desert, minding his father-in-law's sheep. He was minding his own business, and God came to him and said, I got a job for you to do. I got a calling for you to fulfill. I got a direction for you to go. I got something for you to do. I want you to go and set my people free. I want you to go tell Pharaoh that I am their God, and I have come to deliver my people. I want you to go, and he made every excuse in the world. I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. Hey, let somebody else do that. Go. Well, he went. He went. Y'all know the story. We don't have to go into all that. You know how all that works. Well, this is what you need to know about the directing of the way. A, it is supernatural. It is supernatural. What does that mean? God is the one doing it. Watch this here. Exodus 13, 17. Exodus 13, 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. What's it say? All right, stop there. Say it again. Who let them? You mean to tell me God led them to the difficult place? God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. Watch this part. This is cool. I was reading this. I said, whoa. Although that was near. In other words, if they'd have went this way, if they'd have went this way, they'd have got into Canaan a whole lot sooner. If they'd have went this way, 
then everything would have been a whole lot easier. Why is it that God don't ever do anything easy? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, they could have went this direction, everything would have been fine, Everything in, in man's eyes. Everything would have been hunky-dory, everything would have been great. Man, we can go that way, preacher. But God said, no, you need to go that way. But that way's harder. That way's more difficult. That way is, man, that's, I, I, we don't want to go that way. That's the hard way. That's the longer way around. We want to go this. No, you're going this way. Because God knew something. This helped me with this so much, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you. God said, if they go now, they're going to be defeated. Because they're not ready for fighting yet. They're just a bunch of slaves that's got together. And if I go take them there now, they ain't ready to fight. They're going to be destroyed. They got some preparation to do. So here they are. Here they are coming out of Egypt, pile of slaves. They could have went to Israel. God led them the hard way. And when it comes to the way, you need to understand something. God is the one on the steering wheel. I promise you, if it would have been left up to me, I would have let everything just keep flying the way it was. Everything was going fine. Everything was going great. In my mind, in man's eyes, not the way God wanted it to be. We wasn't accomplishing what God wanted to accomplish, but it was easy on me. Everybody loved me then. God said, nope. Because you'll never make it to blessing in the direction that you're going. See, God is, you're out of bondage, but you're still in the wilderness. God said, if you don't let me lead, you're going to stay in the wilderness. Now, this is another thing we need to see. The Bible says that he led them, although although the, the, the easy route was near, God said, lest fair venture, the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led them. See verse 18? But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Watch this, Exodus 13, 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire, to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. How many of y'all can see that the way is directed supernaturally? Now, this is another thing God showed me. It's not only directed supernaturally. The sad part is, the part I hate the most, it's directed sparingly. Sparingly. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful? If God set you down in the beginning of your ministry and said, you're number one. This is what's going to happen. And he laid out the whole itinerary. Brother Kendrick, you're, you're, you're in the spot, son, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All you know is God has called you, God has commissioned you, you are here, and you're waiting on the next command. God did not sit down here and say, this is what's going to happen this year. This is what's going to happen next year. This is what's going to happen next year. He did not give you an itinerary. All he said was, follow me. 
Y'all get that? When they said, and you say, what is that? What, what difference does that make? Here's Moses. He's got his staff. Everything's going cool so far. Everything's going, not easy, but everything's, you know, there's a little hiccup there. I imagine in, in Moses' mind, he thought he was going to go right into Egypt and say, let him go, and that was going to happen. But that didn't happen. Nope, it, it got difficult. They had to go through all the plagues, but here they are. Now they're coming out. Moses got his staff. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, there's a seed right in front of me. But I know this is the way God said to go. And he turns around, uh-oh, now there's a big dust storm coming up behind us. Now here's automatically human nature. I thought he knew who God was. Well, I just thought he was following God. If he was following God, God wouldn't have led to this ocean. And, I mean, you've got to admit, human nature, you'd have to say, what kind of map did God give you? I mean, really, I, come on, be, y'all are sitting here like y'all just so super spiritual. And all, you know you'd have thought the same thing. But you know what? That was exactly where God told him to go. Are y'all seeing this? Now Moses is probably thinking, did I get my wires crossed? Because I'm, I'm fairly confident this is the way that God wanted me. This is what, and let's apply it to right now. Let's apply it to right now. We're in the middle of a transition. There's going to be hiccups. You said it's going to be this way. Yeah, but we didn't see this then. God didn't just say, all right, this is the way it's all going to lay out. It's always, I'm standing right now, I'm standing right now with 2020 vision for the past. How many of y'all got some of that kind of vision? It's very easy. I got some things right now. Boy, if I'd have thought about it, if I'd have, I'd have done this, this, and this. I got some things right now in my mind. If we had all this to do over again, I'd have done this, 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 and this. But we don't. And we can't. All we can do is take the next step that God shows us. Take the next step that God shows us. Because here, oh, hallelujah, God just told me something straight from heaven. Hallelujah, I got goosebumps right now. Because if we would have, if God would have told us everything out in front of us, we'd have tried to go around the problem. And God don't, whoo, son, God's speaking right now. We would go around, but God don't want us to go around. He wants us to see him big enough to tear the problem to pieces. Now see, Kendrick, your deal with that house, that's just a hiccup. That's just an opportunity for God to show you how big he is. Oh, but you said, God, that house should have sold. That's okay. God supplies the need. I, listen, my hope is not on any other form of anything but what God said to do, and he will supply that need. Listen, we'll try to go around obstacles because we don't want difficulty. We don't want hardships. We don't want problems. 
I would try to avoid them. But God doesn't want you to avoid them because He won't tell you that they're there. He'll let you run headlong into them so you can see that He is the problem solver. He is God and there is none like Him. No, not one. He is the resurrection. He could have come and healed Lazarus. He could have come and touched Lazarus. But no, sir, He didn't do it because He wanted them to know He was also the resurrection. Donnie, if you would have known what was going to happen in your family, you'd have done everything in your power to go around it, but God had a plan. Listen, God don't always tell us the whole deal. Dad, you wouldn't have dreamed ten years ago, a million years you'd be sitting where you're sitting. You'd have done everything in your power to avoid it. God had other plans. Now, here's, here's why I'm saying this. Get out of your mind that you've got to know everything all the time. Because there's going to be some things in your life that God just wants you to trust. All Moses knew was we're leaving here, going there. He did it other times too. Abraham, leave your country. Leave your people, leave everything, and go to a place that I will show thee up. How do you, like, you think it was like explaining that to his wife? My wife has to know the destination, how many bathroom stops on the way, how many McDonald's, how many, you know. How do you explain that? Just get up and go, and, and we'll get there. But God said, I'll show you when, it's, when you're ready to hear. And you know he did the same thing with Isaac? Abraham's son, you get up and go to a mountain that I will show thee of. He just had to get up and go. Three days later, God said, okay, that's the one. Now, here's the deal. I don't know what all is going to happen with this stuff. I none of this was in the beginning. Kendrick, you wasn't even on the radar, son. No offense. I, we, didn't have, we didn't have no idea. All we knew that God was doing something. And all this is just happening. God's just laying it out. God's just laying it out. What's going to happen tomorrow? I don't have a blessed idea. But the Bible says God knoweth the way that I take. <laughs> Woo! Sparingly. Sparingly. If, if, if God hadn't showed you everything yet, He's doing you a favor. When God was calling me to preach, if I'd have known everything that I know now at the time that I surrendered, I probably never would have surrendered. But God said, no, you don't need to know that yet because you'd be scared and you wouldn't go fight the Philistines. So I'm just going to give you just a little bit here and then a little bit here and then a little bit here. But you know what the people wanted from Moses? They wanted the whole itinerary. Where are we going? How long is it going to take? Man, I don't know. Moses saying, man, I'm following the cloud. When the cloud moves, I move. When the fire moves, I move. Well, how long are we going to be out here? And, I mean, another thing, too. Moses went on up in there to be with God and get the law and do all that God told him to do, and he said, y'all just wait till I get here. Well, it took longer than they thought it ought to take. 
So they said, we're just going to take our matters in our own hands, and we're going to make us here a calf, and, uh, and, 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 and boy, did they get in trouble. Be careful taking things in your own hands. Be careful. Because God's schedule is not our schedule. And God don't operate on our clock. We want to know the time, the place, the how long, the whoever, the where, what's going to be after that. And God don't do that. That's why he said when you pray, give us this day our daily bread. God, let thy will be done today. Why? Because you may not be here tomorrow. Church, say amen. Now, listen, if you don't get anything, please get this part right here. Number one, when we get discouraged by the way, we need to understand two things. Number one, that the way is it's directed. God's in control. Number two, there is a method to the madness. The way is designed. The way is designed. Man, when I seen this, this helped me more than any other. All right, here we are in Egypt for 400 years. Y'all with me? 400 years of culture, 400 years of being around idols, 400 years of being around everything that was Egyptian, 400 years of all that garbage. Now, these people have come out of Egypt, headed and are promised blessing, milk and honey. I'm, I'm talking about... I'm talking about Blessings beyond your imagination. Alright? Now, God is saying, okay, here we go, y'all. This is what this is what we find. They weren't ready for that yet. So before they could go into blessing, before they could go into abundance, before they could go into God's favor and the abundant Christian life, they had to go through the wilderness. They had to go through the wilderness. Now here's where we're at. Some of you are saved, born again. You're, you're, you're born again. Your name's on the Lamb's Book of Life. But you are not living a victorious Christian life. You're still in the wilderness. Now, we get frustrated in the wilderness. We get discouraged in the wilderness. Because we do not understand the purpose of the wilderness. You can't go and you can't go from being a slave to a saint overnight. You're not going to go from being so far out in the world to being so far in the king. It's not going to happen. So in order to experience the Christian life, in order to experience the victorious Christian life, am I going in and out? Give me a microphone. In order to be there, which is where everybody wants to be, in order to be there, we get saved and we come out of Egypt. We, we come out of bondage. We come out of that area. Well, the first thing that happens, the first thing that happens is the Bible says they begin to cry for food. Are you all with me? Stay here. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I promise you this will help you. This will help you. We need something to eat. Well, we know what happens. God gives them manna. I'm talking about bread 
from Heaven's Bakery. Had a, had a tinge of honey to it. And here they are, they're eating this stuff, they're eating this stuff. And, and in that verse we just read, they said, there ain't no food out here. Now that's a lie because God's giving them manna every day. There's no food out here and our soul loathes this, this light bread. Got to think about that. Why would they say that? And then I remembered the complaint about remembering Egypt. Listen, <laughs> Brother Privet, the Bible says, man, in Egypt we had leeks and onions and garlic. Now what do you do with garlic and onions? It's seasoned. Dad said, put it in the garbage. Amen. Come on, y'all people that know what I'm talking about. Seasoning gives it flavor. You say, where are you going with this? In other words, out in the middle of that wilderness, God was supplying their need. But they still had an appetite for what was in Egypt. Now, before we can go into the promised land, before we can be victorious Christians, before we can go in and conquering and, and having victory in our life and having favor in our life and having glory in our life, son, we're going to have to get rid of those foreign appetites. I want God! Do you? I mean, really, do you? The Bible said, Kendrick, they were full of the Spirit. In order to be full of the Spirit, you've got to be empty of yourself. Man, God began to open my eyes to this whole process. What have we been talking about for six months? God has commanded us to make disciples. Disciples. We are supposed to be disciples. We're supposed to be producing disciples. We're all in here are supposed to be disciples. Listen, the first prerequisite to being a disciple, the first requirement to being a disciple is to deny yourself. You cannot follow Him till you deny yourself. You cannot take up your cross till you deny yourself. You have to deny yourself. They were not willing and ready to do that. They were not willing to give up. We still want what we want. We want what was back in Egypt. God was supplying their need. God was meeting their need. But it was not enough because it wasn't what we had back there. We're letting unspiritual Christians come in and try to make the church what the world is. Well, let's bring in stuff. Let's get the world's leeks and garlics and... No, no. Let's fix our appetite. The, listen, the purpose for the wilderness, God had to bring His people out of Egypt. Then He had to take them through the wilderness to get Egypt out of His people. Because you'll never be in victory. You'll never be in glory. You'll never have the touch of God on your life when you're still holding on to the world. When the world's priorities are most important. When the world's things are taking first place in your life. When you have not denied yourself and said, God, you're most important. Nothing else matters. You'll never be in victory. 
You'll still wander around in the wilderness. You'll still wander around without victory. You'll still wander around without satisfaction. Man, I asked the Lord, Lord, but you know why people are not satisfied in the wilderness? Because they're, Brother Chad, they're living on a temporary provision. What do you mean? When they walked over Jordan into the promised land, the manna ceased. You know why? They didn't need it no more. Son, there's milk and honey. There was grapes the size it took two men to carry one pot of grapes. But you know what, Brother Kenneth, the sad thing is, is Christians are still out in the wilderness living on something that's temporary and wonder why they're not satisfied. I have dove in the deep end, Brother Mickle. You know why people are upset about this transition? Number one, they don't know what's around the corner. Number two, they still holding on to Egypt. They're not willing and ready to give up something. Poor man can be a disciple got to deny himself. But preacher, I won't. Let me tell you what I like. You'll never be in victory till it ceases to be about you. And there's a justified argument. There's a justified argument. You said in the beginning we're doing this because of I know all that. But this is the deal. When we came out of Egypt we're just following his lead. And we're just taking things as they come. So why are you saying that? Because some of y'all this place is going to be like Florida the state of Florida's weather you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes and it'll change. What do you mean? I mean this. We're in transition. It may change next week. It may change again next month. Well, why? That ain't very comforting. Well, that's the best I got. Moses he just followed the cloud. Poor old Moses. Now, I promise you, Moses is going to have a crown when, he, when, when, when it's all said and done. He's going to have to have a forklift to carry his crown. Because every time he turned around, there was something else. And by the way, the reason he couldn't even go in the promised land was because he got so frustrated with the foolishness. Now, I promise you this. There are going to be some people standing accountable for Moses not going into the promised land. Because there's just only so much somebody can take. But when you get in your mind and in your heart, look, the reason that I'm going through this difficulty, Brother Bo, 
is God is working on me. Promised land's coming. But there's some things that God has got to get out of me. Because see, the purpose or the design of the way, the design of the way, that wilderness, A, is to remove. It's got to get some things out of us. Peter thought he was ready when he was following the Lord. But he was too full of himself. Peter said, I love you more than all these. He said, well, y'all, y'all going to leave me. Y'all going to desert me. Oh, no, no. All of them might, but I'm not. Bless God. I am the man. They can all run out on you, but I ain't never going to. Jesus said, now, by the way, Peter still had a destiny. Even when he was acting stupid. God still had a plan for him. God still had a destiny for him. God still had a great thing for him to do on the day of Pentecost. The only thing was he wasn't ready yet. He said, look, you ain't, you ain't, son, you ain't even there. Satan desired to have thee, may sift you as wheat. Son, I prayed for you, that your faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen the brother. We know what happened. He went out and denied the Lord three times before the cock crew. Went out and wept bitterly. He was so broken about that. Then he said, I can't do this. I can't live this life. I'm just going back fishing. What do you think his face looked like when Jesus stepped out on that shore and said, Children, have you any meat? And John said, It's the Lord. The Bible says Peter bailed ship. They come up on the shore. And they're all sitting there eating. Jesus has provided for them. He said, hey, Peter. You remember that conversation we had back there? When you said they'd all run out, but you wouldn't. When, when, when you, you said you love me, you know, more than all that. Remember, remember all that? And then he says this, Peter, do you love me more than these? He wasn't talking about the fish. Some, some commentators say he was talking about the fish because he said, I'm going back fishing because he loved fishing more. That wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about all the rest of the disciples. Peter said, you know I love you. Peter, 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 do you, do you love me? Well, Lord, you know, I, I, I love you. Peter? Lord, I don't know. You know. You know whether I do or not. Jesus right then said, now he's ready. What have you given up to him? Or more importantly, what are you still trying to hold on to? Brother Kendrick said something good, good thought too. We invest in what we think is important. Now you don't you don't have to you don't have to have the stock market to invest in something. You can invest in golf clubs. 
where you can invest in fishing tackle. Amen. And boats and dresses and whatever women do. Let me ask you a question. Is any of them things more important than them little people? Trust me. I'm not going to beat y'all over the head and talk about how ungodly sports are. Because I cannot practice that. Say amen. Bo, we is hollering. I was at Brother Donnie's and we is hollering, screaming, bless God. Kill them. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Run them over. What's that big nose guard, Brother Chad? The big, what's his name? Cody? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I'm talking about man. We was enjoying the fire out of that. I'm telling you. And I know whoever teams y'all was, y'all teams won too. And we, and, and we enjoyed that stuff. But when that stuff becomes more important, but when am I going to get blessed? When God weans you off that manna? Oh, another one. I got another one from heaven just now. Hallelujah. Oh, this is cool. You'll never get milk and honey till manna is enough. When you quit whining about what God's taken away from you, That's two things in one service. When you get to the place that what God is providing for you is enough. You quit craving everything that that world has to offer. And son, you're milk and honey bound. Because God never meant for you to live on manna. It was just a temporary... Are y'all... I hope y'all are getting this. When you quit complaining about where God's got you, what you're having to give up, when you can ever get to the place where Paul said, all that I have lost, I count it but dung, then you're ready for milk and honey. Listen, the way is designed to remove, but then be designed to reveal listen God had to show them that he could split the Red Sea God had to show them that he could feed them when there wasn't even a restaurant God had to show them that there was nothing impossible to him why? because the victorious Christian life Canaan was a place of battle and before they could face those big battles, y'all with me? Before they could face those big battles, they needed to know that God could. That little house thing, Brother Kendrick. When you first called me and said, and this is, and if I remember, remember right, this is what you said. You said they backed out on the house, and I don't know what to do. Is that what you said? 
we sit in. I don't know what to do. My first reaction, my first reaction was, oh, man. And this is honest to God. And this shows how faithful I was. I was. Man, we've done been thanking God for that. And my first thought was, Brother Chad, is, what are we going to tell all them church people? We've been saying how much this is God and God. Look what God's done to prove that this is God. Now they're going to think it wasn't God. That's what I was thinking. And then God reminded me about that Red Sea incident. You see, they come out of Egypt. Woo-hoo! What a God! What a God! What a God! They hit the Red Sea. What is God doing? Listen. This is just a this is just one of them times, Brother Kendrick, that God's gonna show you He can. He can. I want you to leave with this in your mind, in your heart. I know as your leader, as your pastor, I know this transition is not easy. I know it may feel like the wilderness and, and, and we want milk and honey. But I promise you, milk and honey's on the way. You just can't fall out in the wilderness. Why do I have to go through the wilderness? Because there may be something in your life that don't need to be there. There may be some appetites that you still have that God has to deal with. You haven't got to the place that God is enough. and You don't need anything else in your life. If that's the case, this altar is wonderful to fix those kind of things. You can come to this altar and say, God, help me in that area. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, you come down here and say, God, take that appetite away, and it's going to be gone. That may not be the case. It may, it may take you a little time through the wilderness for God to get that stuff out of you. But you've got to be willing to be submissive to Him to get it done. Church, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for...